This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Wednesday show, trade talk today. And we don't have a lot of these left. I think this might be our last buy low, sell high episode. Maybe some last minute ones uh, next week. But Thanksgiving is usually kind of an arbitrary cutoff, an arbitrary trade deadline that a lot of leagues use that Thanksgiving week. We welcome you, everybody. Pretty soon we'll start talking about side dishes and things of that sort. But today it's all fantasy football. Oh, and the fantasy feud later in the show. Guys, first time this year we're playing the feud. Host isn't allowed to kiss the contestants. Oh, all right. All right. We can negotiate as we go along. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, guys. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fired up for some buy lows and some sell highs. I've got a long list. Uh-huh. I've been checking it twice. Okay, oh, wrong holiday, wrong holiday, wrong holiday. Pretty. Get soon. me to the Thursday game. Oh, that's going to be a shootout. We're looking forward to that. And in case you yes. missed it, well, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe if you no know, lock it. That would be a problem. Okay, in case you missed it, Kyler Murray is averaging more fantasy points per game than Mahomes in 2018 and Lamar Jackson in 2019. How about that? He is having that year. And Russell Wilson is too. Uh, I don't know if he's averaging more than those guys, but it's very close. Not so much in four point because he hasn't been rushing for touchdowns. But uh, yeah, that's uh, put it in number? What, what was the average for Lamar in 2019 and Mahomes in 2018? In six point? Yeah. Somewhere around 31, 32. Okay. I, be- I believe I saw that in four point, Patrick Mahomes is actually averaging a career high this year, yet he's third. <laughs> he's wow. having this like underrated fantasy superstar season. Everyone's talking about Kyler he, and Wilson and Mahomes. Is he's just the current right MVP, right? I'm not so sure. Huh. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk case. Well, because I think Aaron Rodgers is earning it, and I think Kyler Murray is earning it, and you never know what Russ will pull out of his hat. I think Russ lost it. He can try and get it back. I think he's trying to get it, and that's what's costing him numbers. But who's the, the current MVP? That's what Heath asked. I, I, yeah, you know, I guess it's Mahomes, but again, I think you can make the case for Rodgers. I don't know. And Kyler, twenty-five to one touchdown interception rate. Is that good? From Mahomes? Pretty good. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you real quick, and then we'll move on. Kyler Murray is averaging 33.3 points per game uh, this year. Russell Wilson, 32.5. So remember those numbers. 2018, Mahomes was 32.2. So Wilson and, and uh, Murray are both better than that. And 2019, Lamar Jackson was 32.5, which is exactly what Russell Wilson is, but it is this year, but it is behind Kyler Murray. Okay, so let the uh, let the trade talk begin. Who's got some some fun buy lows for the people? I got some buy lows. All right, Dave, hit me with it. What what about which position you want first? Can I just pick the position? Yeah, good. I will. <laughs> Joe Burrow as a buy low quarterback. You just lost Drew Brees, or you've been streaming the position, and you're tired of doing the waiver work, or you don't want to trust Jameis Winston. This is the quarterback to trade for, and I think he'll be probably the cheapest of all the quarterbacks that might be available to you via trade that uh, don't suck. 
Uh, I, I like that his offensive line is going to get healthy. I like his receivers, obviously. The game script every week is going to be pass-friendly. And the matchups, Washington this week. Then the Giants at Miami could be tough. Then Dallas, Pittsburgh at home is going to be tough. At Houston in week 16. Ooh, at Houston. Wow. So, like, and I was skeptical of this one yesterday, but I think it's probably just a difference in this week's ranking. You have Joe Burrow ranked as, like, a top 10 quarterback this week? I have Burrow. Actually, I'm 14th as of now. Could make a switch to get him inside the top 12. That was my not my kind of whole Brady. thing was I, I don't know that Joe Burrow is a top 12 quarterback. He's, he's in that not, mix. He's not against For Pittsburgh sure. or Miami. Right. This week, he's against Washington. And uh, he probably should be a little bit higher. Well, maybe he should make the cut. I don't, I, guys... I don't believe that Washington's defense is great against the pass, even though yeah. the numbers said okay. going into last week that it was. That was my question. And the, Gi- the, the Washington and the Giants are both top 12 against quarterbacks. I don't know if you buy that, which apparently you don't. Then he has a well, terrible schedule. I, I I think more. I just think Washington and the Giants are in that large group of defenses that you just don't really consider. And Joe Burrow has kind of been a quarterback that's not a top twelve guy unless he has a great matchup, right? I, you can go back and see, but obviously some of the matchups they had against tough defenses, he was absolutely dreadful in. Yeah, but he's only we're had two about really good defenses. Two big games. They're both against Cleveland, and he scored twenty four fantasy points in overtime at Philadelphia. So, yeah, really, just the thing with him is is touchdowns, right? I mean, he's got twelve mm-hmm. touchdowns in nine games. That's what it. That's what it usually is with the rookie quarterback. It is not not Justin Herbert, <laughs> but yeah, that is a that is a problem. All right, so Dave says Joe Burrow is a buy low, and uh, Dave, I think you have some more for us. Sure. How about at tight end Mark Andrews, who it doesn't have so much to do about Nick Boyle getting hurt, although I do think that should lead to more snaps for Andrews. But Baltimore's got to figure out their passing game. And I think they're finally realizing that it can't they can't force it through Hollywood Brown. Not that they were trying a ton, but they were trying to a degree. And Andrews was a good target hog last week. And I think they're going to continue to try and get him going. And maybe the timing's not perfect to say he's a buy low because he's coming off of a pretty good game for a tight end anyway. But I think if you've got him, you should feel good about it. And if you can trade for him, don't overpay, but give up maybe a little bit more than you might have expected to a week ago for him. Okay. Did you want to keep going? Sure. Raheem Mostert could be back after the buy. Who else do the 49ers have at running back but him? He's been good when he's played. Offensive line is still a pretty good strength in their matchups. Their only tough matchup, I think, is against the Rams in week 12. After that, it's the Bills, Washington, at Dallas, at Arizona. I'm thinking Mostert can be somebody that can help people um, have easier lineup decisions in the fantasy playoffs. Do you think he's going to be a Mostert running back rest of the way? I think he's going to be pretty close to Mostert, yes. You know, even in PPR leagues, per game, he is ninth. You know, and this is a guy who has 11 catches in four games, which isn't that bad. It's pretty good for him, I guess. Um, but uh, not a, not like a he's certainly not Alvin Kamara, but he's been great this year, Raheem Mostert, and I, and yeah, top ten guy. I so traded far. away Raheem Mostert in a league yesterday. Wow! Um, Someone bought th- low on him. I think Dave should uh, should evaluate my trade. I think so. Uh, it was in the auction league where I had uh, five running backs on IR, and I'm three and seven, so I have to win out. 
So I sent an offer to each of the seven and three teams, offering them my IR running backs for somebody that might help me win now. Um, we'll see. I traded Austin Eckler, Raheem Mostert, Marquise Brown, and Mike Gesicki. So you can guess with Marquise Brown and Mike Gesicki who I traded these players to, if you remember our shows <laughs> in the offseason. Yes. To Ben Gretsch. <laughs> for Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, T. Higgins, and TJ Hawkinson. So you can kind of break it down. It's Gesicki for Hawkinson. So obviously, for you. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown for T. Higgins. It's a win for you. Gi- giant win. Um, but then you are giving up Eckler and Mostert for yeah. Gurley, Duke Johnson, and Matt Ryan. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. No, uh, I think in, if you're trying trade. to win now, that's a very good trade. And it's probably a very good trade for Ben, yeah. who's already locked into the playoffs. If it's, Austin Eckler and Raheem Mostert come back, he just turned a pile of poo into a pair of top 20 running backs. And that's really what you... First of all, it's not a pile of poo. It's It's... Solid players, solid players right. who have the upside to be good, and he's getting guys that he wants for the playoff run. He he's consolidated his depth. He's this is exactly what you should do. Absolutely. either way, yeah. Depending on where you're at in your league, been preaching it for years. If you're fighting for a playoff spot like Heath, and you're three and seven, and you think you're going to make it, even though you've got seven losses, okay, bud, go ahead. But that's the type of trade that you make to try and win. Now you give up that great depth, and if you're seven and three like Ben, now you've got some studs down the line make your team harder to beat added bonus i'm playing ben this week so i trade him all the players <laughs> oh, that's that won't great me this week. <laughs> that's, that's nice that's great so you yeah. should be four and seven and Can, are you you're mathematically very much alive in that league to make the playoffs uh, i mean uh, about very much was, yeah i don't know i don't know about very much but i it feels like in a, a majority of my leagues there will be a six and seven team that gets into the playoffs i year. feel that way too like in yeah. a bunch of leagues i'm in there's a lot of teams that are five and five i don't want to talk about my record in that league let's talk about a different league well, how about our uh, just real quick? How about our podcast league? I'm gonna take a look at the standings. It's a 14. Why would league. we look at that league? I'm not gonna how about say our telethon. I'm not league? gonna say. Let's your, take a look at our telethon league standings. Um, in our podcast league, it's a 14 team league. 12 teams are somewhere between four and six, and six and four. That's incredible. There's a seven I am and three not team. One of those 12 teams. There's a Heath team that's two and eight. But other than that, six and four to four and six. Twelve of the fourteen teams. Ton of parity there. Okay. Uh, so Raheem Mostert, Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews for Dave. Let's just go ahead and throw Austin Eckler in there as well, or anyone you can get on IR that you don't need right now. This is take advantage of the teams that need someone right now. A perfect example with Heath just gave. Heath, you got any buy lows? You can't. You know, we haven't talked about this guy very much. But what about David Montgomery? No, please, no, no, you can't. (laughs) Like, no, it's just like it's every week. Well, he didn't play last week. Nothing happened to change his value. Um, You know, I I really liked the Raheem Mostert and the Austin Eckler ones from Dave. I I am cautiously optimistic about the Cowboys coming out of their Hmm. bye week. Um, I expect them to be a little bit better with Andy Dalton under center than they were with Ben DiNucci or Garrett Gilbert. I am cautiously optimistic about buying low on Cooper, Lamb, and even like I was kind of surprised when I was looking. I was writing the tight writing the tight end preview this week and looking at tight ends that were just like close to six targets per week. 
Because if you think about that, that's that's 96 targets. That's that's a good year for a tight end. I was trying to find some way to keep from chasing last week's touchdowns at tight end. That's kind of what I, I was trying to say on Sunday and did a bad job of. But I think at this position that is so terribly inconsistent, if you're constantly going after the guy who was just good last week, you're probably never going to score any points at tight end because none of them are good two or three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dalton Schultz, surprisingly, even as of late, is right in that six target per week range. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about buying low on pretty much all of the Cowboys. Man, I even put in a two bid sacks for... allowed in their last game, and that was against Pittsburgh, and that was with Garrett Gilbert. So I, I, I think that offensive line is starting to get a little bit better, and maybe the bye week will help them get a little healthier. And Dalton is clearly healthier. And like, I, it's I, I kind of agree. It's stupid to say this, but the Cowboys have every reason to come out of their bye thinking they're in the playoff race. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course <laughs> they true. are. Yeah. I even put in a bid for Michael Gallup yesterday at a PPR three wide receiver league. Uh, just anyone who gets targets, I guess, plus all these bye weeks. Um, bye weeks almost over, thankfully. Okay, so Joe Burrow, Mark Hi. Andrews, Reem Moster for Dave, Dallas guys for Heath, and that's it. Move on. All right, yeah. great. Uh, five star reviews. You want to leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts? We got that mailbag show on Saturday. We'll read a bunch of them. So please uh, send in your five star reviews. We're going to read a few of them today. And uh, much appreciated. Thank you for the help. Parlay pick them. The contest is open from Tuesday through Sunday. Pick your five best team parlay. Uh, or pick your best five-team parlay, excuse me, against the spread, and we're giving away $1,000 guaranteed every week. Odds are provided by William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbssports.com slash parlay. Sell high. Dave, who are you selling? I don't know if I have a very great list for selling high that's been any different than what it's the guys I've named before. Like I've had Mike Evans on the list. I'm still a little skeptical that he can keep putting up big numbers. I know last week he, he definitely did good. Josh Allen, same exact thing. I, I, I wouldn't mind shopping those guys around to see what I could get. Okay. But not, not, I don't, I don't want to say, get them off your team. Forget about it. They're going to be losers for your squad. I, it's more like, well, if you've got good receiver depth and Evans is part of your squad, see what you can get. If you've got a good quarterback behind Josh Allen, go ahead and see what you can get. But I'm not I'm not telling you that they're going to be bad. I'm just saying that there's a chance that their value could be at pretty big highs right now. Yeah, Josh Allen's really interesting. If you look at his season, you break it down. First four games, he's incredible. 31, 41, 38, 29 points in six-point leagues. Next four games, he's 12 to 19 points. At Tennessee, Kansas City, Jets, Patriots, and what's wrong with Josh Allen, this and that. And then the last two games, 41 points against Seattle, and then 29 points at Arizona, but he really wasn't having a great game. He threw 49 times, and he had that touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. So it's hard to really get a measure on what kind of quarterback Josh Allen's going to be um, in the final five games of the fantasy season after his bye this week. Chargers, Niners, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots. Yeah, he's kind of up and down, and I think John Brown has a lot to do with it, quite frankly, because he played hurt for some of that stretch, that bad stretch, but that's just a theory. I don't know if that's what it is, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. So hopefully he can get healthy. Uh, Heath, any sell highs? I can bring up one that everybody's talking about if you need me to. I 
pretty much am always in favor of selling Ronald Jones after he has a big game. Um, and I would do that right now. And another one of his teammates, Rob Gronkowski, saw his targets fall to three last week, but he scored the long touchdown, and so everything was rosy. But I don't think it's very likely that Gronk's going to be good with A.B., Godwin, and Evans all there. And if he is, then that means they're throwing it 40 times a game, and Ronald Jones probably isn't going to be what he has been. So those those two kind of stand out to me. Um, I feel like the only way you're going to get anything decent for Jones is if someone is still desperate for running backs. Even after the waiver wire. Running backs. Yeah, sort of. They're, they're desperate for reliable studs. But we're, we're coming off of a waiver wire week where there were at least three guys that theoretically could help you this week and two of those three that could help you in the next few weeks. So I think the pressure might be off in that regard. And I'm not sure Ronald Jones um, has significantly more value than the guys that you just picked up off the waiver wire because people are going to be skeptical. Oh, yeah. Well, some people will. Maybe, I don't know. I you just can don't try. Know to make it, uh, yeah, I don't mind trying to sell high. Just don't, don't, have, don't have grand expectations for what you're going to get. Okay, you're not going to get Chris Godwin in a trade for Ronald Jones. Now, listen, we got we got to talk about the Antonio Brown situation so. here, by the way, and the NFL is investigating it, looking into it. You know, are you going to if you're making trades involving Evans or Godwin, are, are you doing it assuming that Antonio Brown is still going to be on the team rest of the season? Yeah, I'd rather trade Brown and hope that somebody's not reading the news, which isn't nice, <laughs> and you shouldn't do that. But uh, I'm not trading Evans and Godwin currently. No, I guess I meant like, uh, you know, if you're evaluating those bucks, are you doing it with the thought that Antonio Brown will be there? Because you just said Rob Gronkowski, and yeah, I mean, I totally get it. The targets have been lower and, you know, with with Brown. But should we be thinking Brown's not going to be there or should we be thinking so Brown is, is going it? to be the there? The NFL is investigating an incident where he um, did some property damage. Yeah. And perhaps violated his probation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, so, I don't know how severe it is, but it's 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 not nothing. It's not nothing, he's but not he's still ice. with the team and practicing and doing all that stuff. The and, plug could yeah. get pulled at any time. But look, I don't think anybody's going to try and trade for AB anyway. You'd have to throw him in in a deal in order to get him off your team. So those are some buy lows and sell highs for you here. And going to have, I got one or two more to throw at you in a bit, and then we're going to evaluate some players later. We got a, we got a big show, big show coming up. Injury news, got to talk about the Seahawks situation with Carlos Hyde, with Chris Carson, and with Tyler Lockett. Uh, but listen, are there any situations that you're in where you have trouble finding the right words to express yourself clearly? Maybe you have to write a speech or talk to your boss or your landlord or something like that. Maybe you're in school and you have to give a presentation to your class or maybe you're, you know, working. You have to give a presentation to your company. Um, I've had to give a couple of best man speeches, for example, and I wish I had known about Grammarly back then because it would have really helped me. It would have made a much better speech. Grammarly can help you. Sign up for Grammarly Premium. Go to Grammarly.com slash FFT. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash FFT and get 20% off Grammarly Premium, which I have. I have Grammarly Premium. I use it um, even when I'm not giving speeches, sometimes I have to write something important. Sometimes I'm writing a script for a promo, something like that. I type right into Grammarly. It's very easy, and it gives me real-time feedback and insights to elevate my writing, and it helps with tone, with word choice, with clarity, just makes your writing more direct and more effective. Sometimes it's as simple as 
Get rid of this sentence. It's redundant. You don't need it. Sometimes it's a vocabulary suggestion. Uh, but when you're done with Grammarly, your writing is going to be much stronger. It's going to be a much better, better version of what you originally wrote. So you need to communicate effectively. It's very, very important. You want to sound smarter. You want to be more direct. You want to be more convincing. And that's why I use Grammarly and why you should too. So improve your writing on all of your favorite sites and apps. That's Outlook, Gmail, Twitter, LinkedIn, and more. Don't just say it. Make a statement. Elevate your writing with 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash FFT. That is 20% off Grammarly Premium. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash F-F-T. Grammarly.com slash F-F-T. Schedule alert. Dun, dun. Bad schedule and a good schedule. Here's your bad schedule. Let's talk about James Robinson. Top seven running back. Seventh and non. Fifth and PPR per game. Terrific season for him. He has had such an easy schedule. In week one, he faced the Colts. They're second against the run. He was okay. 16 carries, 62 yards, one catch, 28 yards. Wasn't as involved as involved in the passing game in that week. Since then, the teams he has faced currently rank 25th, 22nd, 17th, 31st, 32nd, 15th, 31st, and 30th against running backs. And the two teams that were 15th and 17th, they stink against the run. They're the Bengals and the Chargers. So Robinson's had an easy schedule. And now look, Pittsburgh, they're first. Cleveland, fourth. They're not really that good, but they're fourth. Minnesota, 15th. Tennessee, 24th. Baltimore, 6th. Chicago, 9th. And then week 17, the Colts. Uh-oh. James Robinson's schedule's getting tougher, guys. Do you care? Sure. I, I, I think you just made the case for James Robinson as a sell high. But, but is, he, is he though, or is he just is he just bulletproof at this point? I, I, like, I, I hesitate to say he's bulletproof. I don't know if I really want to give him that title. He's but a superhero. He's been really, really good, and I do know that Chris Thompson's on IR, yeah. and so that means he's going to continue to have that role in the passing game, and and certainly get a lot of carries on the ground. It's it's hard to say just get him off your team or trade him for you know, something of fair value. I think you need somebody to grossly overpay for James Robinson if you're gonna if you're gonna deal him. Otherwise, I think you just continue to ride the running back. I think like the thing is, and this kind of illustrates the way I, I look at schedule, there's one of those matchups in the next four that matter to me. Um and I think you would agree with that too, Adam. Uh and then the Ravens and Bears a month from now, who knows who's even on their team or who's active. We yeah. saw with the Bears, their run defense is amazing. And then Akeem Hicks gets hurt, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook's getting seven yards a carry. And in the case of Baltimore, it's Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams. We don't it, think those are long-term injuries, but they're not going to have them this week. Who knows well, if they'll they have might them get hurt again now. before a month from now. Right. So Yeah, no, I mean, look, Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, I don't think you fret about those, but Pittsburgh, maybe you do this week. Cleveland's run defense has been pretty good. Like just over the balance of the season, I wouldn't say that they're world beaters or anything like that. Yeah, but I think they're. I think they've got a pretty good. They ended up having a pretty good linebacker unit after all. Right, Baltimore, Chicago in weeks fifteen and sixteen scare me a little bit, but all right. Um, just giving you a heads up, James Robinson, managers, you can do what you want to do. And then the good schedule alert. Yeah, I did was not aware of this, but people been emailing, tweeting about it. The mm-hmm. Seahawks DST. No, you're not going to start them this week against Arizona. But then their next four games, Philadelphia, 26th against DSTs. The Giants, 28th. The Jets, 32nd. 
and Washington, 30th. It's basically three NFC East teams and the Jets, who are the only team that's worse than the NFC East teams. Uh, the Seahawks DST. What you, are they going to win you a league? I'm nervous trusting bad DSTs, even in good matchups. Been saying that for years. Yeah. I, I, I think their linebackers are great. I think adding Carlos Dunlap is good. They're starting to get a little bit better on the defensive line. I don't think Jamal Adams is playing at 100%. And I don't think the corners are playing well at all. I think that's pretty obvious given how bad they've been against the past. I don't mind picking them up before their game on Thursday, carrying them through week 11 and into week 12 as a possible starting option, and then using them at Philadelphia. Just to see. I wouldn't commit to them as, okay, this is my DST that's going to win me my league. That's one I'd speculate on, though. All right. Just thought I'd bring it up because it's pretty funny. Okay. You're not the only one that brought it up. Yeah, no, I know. Other smart people have brought it up to me too. And I, 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 I think a lot of the matchups are favorable for them. But I do think that – I don't think the Eagles' offense is as bad as it was this past week. And I think the Giants' offense is starting to play a little bit better. But even – like the nice thing is with those two games in the middle, even when the Giants' defense is playing better, Daniel Jones, generally you can count him for at least one turnover, often two per game, even when he's at his best. Not recently, but yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, even when he doesn't turn the ball over, he just wants to. He just doesn't feel right when he isn't. News and notes. <laughs> Tyler Lockett missed... Like, I think he fumbled out of bounds one of the last two games, something like that. Uh, Tyler Lockett missed practice with a knee issue. Carlos Hyde practiced in full. Chris Carson was limited. So we're going to talk about that game, but... All right, David Moore. Keep an eye on him, I guess. And, uh, you know... Freddie we're gonna, Swain, too. We're going to get into it. Because I think it's a, worth asking, you know, you look at what Peterson's done against Metcalf the last two times they've faced off. If you have a, a limited Metcalf and then you have, and I don't know that you do, I'll ask you guys, and then you have no Tyler Lockett, what would that mean for Russell Wilson? Uh, we'll find out. But Carlos Hyde did practice, so make sure you add him, and Chris Carson was limited. If Obviously, if Carson goes, you're not going to want Hyde. But if, if Hyde... If Hyde goes and Carson doesn't, do you think Hyde gets the bulk? Or do you think he splits fairly evenly with Alex Collins? I think he gets the majority. I don't know if it's going to be like a 70-30 deal, but let's call it 60-40. I think they're they're desperate for a consistent run game. Uh, Some quarterback news. Drew Locke does not have fractured ribs, but he may not play this week against Miami. Chicago, Nick Foles doesn't have a serious injury, but he's, he may lose his job anyway. They may make a quarterback change after their bye week. So if you're in a 2QB league, I guess you could look at Trubisky. Matthew Stafford has a partial tear in his throwing thumb, but he is expected to play. Kyle Shanahan is hopeful that Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Samuel and Debo will all be back next week. Alan Lazard is off IR, 68% rostered, only 17 targets in three games. And that was four targets in one game, five targets in one game, and eight targets in one game. Uh, you don't need a ton of targets to be good with Aaron Rodgers. We know that. But Alan Lazard, 68% rostered. Heath, is that porridge too low, too high, or just right? Yeah, it's what's Marquez Valdez-Scantling's roster percentage? It was about 30 going into last going into waivers. I, I would rather, I would still rather roster Lazard than I would MVS. Okay. Same. He is... Um, 34%. I think he should be closer to 80%. Oh, all right. Porridge is too cold then. 
Lazard is at 68. MVS is at 34, according to what I'm looking at now. Wow. I think MVS might be a little too low as well, but like 80 40 is what I'd go with. All right. Well, we got some segments left. You know what? Why don't we preview the game? We'll preview the game. Make sure we get a sit. Nah, 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 nah. Let's do it. And then after the game, it's Fantasy Feud. And then I'm going to ask you about a whole bunch of players. And I wanted to talk about some a preseason strategy that went right. Uh, get your thoughts on that. I hope we have time for that. We have emails and Apple Podcast questions as well. But Arizona is at Seattle. First meeting was a 37-34 thriller in overtime. Russell Wilson scored 35 points. Kyler Murray scored 42 points. It was it was great, except DK Metcalf had two catches for 23 yards, and Kenyon Drake wasn't very good. He had 14 carries for 34 yards, and he left with an injury. Chase Edmonds was good. Um, all right, which quarterback you like better? Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. Probably an easy one right now. So I'm starting to get a little nervous about Russ. Yeah. All right, let me, let's let's do the uh, let's do the Cardinals first. Let's get that out of the way. Kyler Murray, number one, number one, and I think number three for Heath. Uh, the Arizona running backs. Now, one thing that uh, la- like last week the the Seahawks run defense it wasn't quite as good as it normally is, and I don't know if it's they lost one of their rotational defensive tackles, uh, Brian Moan, and that's why they promoted Damon Harrison from the practice squad, but it wasn't, you know, it was a little bit worse. But, you know, this is a team that uh, Seattle has a, has actually a pretty good run defense this year. So what do we think about Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds this week, guys? So with Drake, I think he's still the better one in non-PPR, but you're starting him with the idea of him scoring. Like, he's got to come through with a touchdown. I'm not counting on him to get 100 yards. Seattle's allowed six touchdowns on the ground to running backs in their past three games, but 3.2 yards per carry in those games. So their linebackers are getting better. Their D-line's playing a little bit better. Drake has just been okay pretty much for the balance of the season. There were times where he was looking better than he did earlier in the year. But he's got to score. I don't think he can get you 10 non-PPR points without the touchdown. And he's definitely not going to get you to 15 PPR points unless he has a monster game because he doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't play third downs. Edmonds is the much better start in PPR. And uh, that would mean that Drake is at best a flex in PPR and half PPR. And Edmonds is a flex in non-PPR. So, yeah, the, the Seahawks, they do give up the fourth most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs, and they also give up 30 or more receiving yards to 30 running backs this year, to six running backs 30. this year. Wow. Six running backs. So uh, both Edmonds and Drake have something going for them in that regard. Uh, uh, how about Ronald Jones versus these guys? What would you do? Joe. I think I've got Drake higher in non-PPR because I feel a little bit better about his chances to score than Rojo. Okay, how about Duke Johnson? I don't want to start Duke if I don't have to. Yeah, I, I'm probably starting Duke over both. So Dave, Drake Jones, Duke. In PPR? Non-PPR. And, uh, yeah, different PPR. Well, what about I'd Edmonds? Go, what, what, I'd like go it? Duke, Edmonds, Drake, and PPR. I'd go Edmonds, Duke, Drake, Jones in PPR. I might move Jones ahead in PPR. He's getting a couple of grabs a game at least. Okay. Okay, and then start DeAndre Hopkins. Starter sit Christian Kirk. Depends who you ask. Dave and Jamie love Christian Kirk this week. Heath, as of yesterday, I know your rankings will change a little bit. He was uh, 26th in non-PPR, 31st in PPR. 
uh, Christian Kirk. Start or sit? I mean, you're probably starting him as a number three wide receiver, I think. Um, there's peaks and valleys with him. He's, he could make one big play. Last time he played the Seahawks, he did score two touchdowns. Last time he played the Seahawks, he also had 37 yards receiving. So there's a very low floor with Christian Kirk, but there's a monster high ceiling. Dave, tell this man that 10 wide receivers in the last six games have had 90 yards or a touchdown against Seattle. They're just ter- they're terrible against the pass. They make mistakes in coverage all the time. They're actually experimenting with how they're playing pass defense over the past few weeks. They haven't been doing the exact same thing that they've been doing for the last decade or however long Pete Carroll has been there. And I know Kirk is coming off of a bad game. He is a little more little more of, a, of an MVS type of receiver than an Alan Lazard type of receiver, if that makes any sense. So you kind of need that big play, but I think he's going to get those chances. It's a high-scoring game. I figure Kyler's going to throw a lot. Christian Kirk is worth starting. Okay, would you start Christian Kirk over the, the Cardinals running backs? PPR, absolutely. Non-PPR, probably as well. I would start... Man, that's... I think I'd start Drake over Kirk in non PPR for sure. Um, I mean, I don't. Chase Evans might catch more passes than Christian Kirk. It's true. All right. Well, okay. I think that's that sums it up. Okay, Russell Wilson. Let so. Well, first of all, starters at DK Metcalf. You've got to start him. There's just yeah. way too much potential. All right, he's kind. Got- it's probably the same thing with Wilson too. Really, it really is. But the pieces that I'm putting together for this game suggest that it could be a little rougher than normal on Russ. Because of the Lockett injury? Well, I mean, that's a huge thing. If Lockett's not there, that changes the whole dynamic of the passing game. You're taking away a speedster. The defense can play a little bit differently without Lockett on the field. Also, they've lost the last two games in part because of what Russ is doing. So I don't know if they're ready to just keep letting Russ cook, and this could be a game where they might want to go back to their basics. And that's Pete Carroll loving to run the football and grind down the clock, and it's going to be infuriating. But it might be the right thing for them to do. They're going to have a fresh-legged running back, whether it's Carson or Hyde or both. And Arizona lost Corey Peters on the defensive line. I don't know what the status is of Devondre Campbell, but I don't think he's playing either. I'll double check the injury report for both those dudes. But if they're both out, the Cardinals are playing on a short week without two of their best front seven players. I think it's a perfect recipe. And they're on the road. It's a perfect recipe for Seattle to go back to ground and pound. Well, and not not just that. And I don't like, I want to be clear. I'm always the guy that says, I don't think interceptions are as bad as people make them out to be. Um, but depends on he, the interception. He's thrown seven interceptions in his last four games, including and they've lost three of their last four games, and that includes throwing three against Arizona last time they played. I I do think that there's I don't think they should do this. I don't think there's anything wrong with Russell Wilson. I think he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the world. I do think there's a, a little bit of an increased risk that the uh, they go back to the run game a little bit more because of all the turnovers lately. Yeah, and the sacks. I think it's 11 sacks on Russell Wilson in his last two games. So they've had some issues there. And I think Jacob Gibbs actually pointed out that the the style of defense that the Cardinals play 
could give Russell. He he's not as good against their scheme as as he is against other schemes. And uh, like obviously he he scored thirty five. I mean he was earlier points. this year. It was, right. but he threw three interceptions. You know, like he, he was, but he threw three interceptions. Um, I, the one thing to make you feel better about him is the rushing seems to be coming back a little bit. At least six rush attempts in three of his last four. Does that come hand in hand with the pressure being dialed up on him? Because he's in the pocket and he feels that pressure, so he decides to take off and run. Yeah, maybe. So let's I just think let's just camp. By the way, Campbell and a... Peters haven't practiced. Haven't practiced. Haven't practiced uh, Tuesday or or Monday or Tuesday. So they're looking unlikely to play. All right, let's just do some starters here. Okay, so Russell Wilson is is a start for everyone. But if Lockett doesn't play, are there any quarterbacks that you'd start over him that ordinarily you wouldn't? Roethlisberger. That's the one that I'm going to struggle with, and I'm. Probably Roethlisberger, yeah. Okay. Rodgers, Mahomes. I mean, I think those guys were kind of obvious anyway. But then I got to start thinking about Justin Herbert against the Jets versus Russell Wilson. Okay. I think there's a case to be made that Herbert's going to be better. Uh, Who's the best running back in this game? We don't know who's playing. Right. If Carlos Carlos Hyde (laughs) is the main guy, if there's no Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde's up, it's Hyde. And obviously, it's Carson if Carson plays. Yeah. but And if for any reason both of them are out, then I guess it's Drake. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get at least one of them this week. You guys have Metcalf in your top 10 in non-PPR. I think Jamie has him like 13th in PPR. So just, you know, I, I hope he's just kind of pissed off at the narrative that Patrick Peterson owns him and that he that they have a duel. I'd love to see it. And then Lockett, if he plays, starter sit Tyler Lockett. I'd be nervous to start him as a, anything more than a low-end number two receiver because he's not going to be at 100%. How did he do against the Cardinals last time? When he got hurt last year <laughs> and he came back, it took him took him like a month to really get back into the swing of things. I think he had one really good game after the injury, and then he started to take off again in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I was saying sarcastically, how did he do against them last time? He had 15 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. So if he were healthy, you know, we'd say start him. But he also has five five to 11 PPR points in five of his last six games. So, you know, it's would you would you start Duke Johnson over Tyler Lockett if, if Lockett plays? I would not. I don't think I could do that. How about DeAndre Swift? Oh, I'm taking Swift over Lockett. Yeah, I would not. Okay. So he's going to be more optimistic on Lockett. If Lockett doesn't play, David Moore is what? Wide receiver three. At best. Lazard or Moore this week if Lockett's out? Moore. I think I'll take a chance on Moore. Again, a PPR league, would you go with David Moore or, or Damian Harris at Houston? Probably Harris. Yeah, I think I'd go with, I, I think I'd go with Harris. How about like Kalen Balaj against Jets? I think I go with Balage. Okay. All right, that's it for this game. Because I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that Moore is going to be that guy. Right. Like I started to dig in. Freddie Swain is playing in the slot just as much as David Moore. Swain had a decent game last week. He's a downfield threat too. I I think that they could combine. Like if Lockett's out, they might combine to like replace Lockett. And I, it just makes me more uncertain about which one it will be. Time for the feud for the first time this year. 
uh, this season. Maybe anyway. last time this year. They're probably. How you, you guys ready? Feeling good? Feeling good? Oh, I could not be more excited. What do you do for a huh? living, guys? Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the show. No, I, I think I know what you do. So, all right, we got a pretty straightforward categories here. Not even, not even going to try to trick you or anything like that. Pass catchers, no quarterbacks, <laughs> and runners. <laughs> throwers, runners, and catchers. Uh, Human throwers, beings, runners, and catchers. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is throwers, runners, and catchers. Okay, here we go. The top six. You have to say your name to buzz in. The top six answers are on the board. I am looking for our best so far this season, not per game, total points, running backs in PPR. Dave. Dave. Alvin Kamara. You are correct. That is the number one answer. Pass or play? I'm going to pass. Really? All right. Yeah. All right. I, like, I like watching my opponents squirm. <laughs> Heath, we need the next it's, it's, five. It's more fun with Jamie than it is with Heath. I'll admit that, but... Total points, full PPR? Full PPR. Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook is correct. He is number two. James Robinson? Number three. And you need what, top what? Six. Okay. Um, not him. Not him. <laughs> uh, Ezekiel Elliott? Hey, that's number six. Good job. We need four uh, and five. Aaron Jones? Number seven. Okay. It was a little harsh with the buzzer. But, <laughs> uh, um, okay. We got Kamara, Cook, Robinson, and Zeke. Two more here. Get five seconds. To get to guess both of them? No, to guess one of them. Okay. Um, I will say Nick. No. Um, okay. And Kareem Hunt. Uh, no. No, no. All right, Dave. You got a chance to steal here. Here's what's off the board. Top six running uh, backs PPR. Kamara, Cook, Robinson, and Zeke. Numbers four and five are still there. Who you got? I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Oh, good job. That's the winning music. Uh, Josh Mike, Jacobs. I forgot Derek Henry. Derek Henry is also there. Number four yeah. is Derek Henry. I wouldn't have gotten Jacobs. Yeah, Jacob surprised me, and Zeke surprised me a little bit too at number six. But, well, uh, touchdowns still matter, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Those guys get a bunch of them. Jacobs has obviously. eight. Jacobs had year. two last week. Yeah, and I think like most of Jacobs touchdowns have come in like three games, three in week Maybe one. Maybe so. I, I wonder was Jacobs not in the top six last week? Did he need oh, the uh, two touchdown? I don't I remember how many total yards he had, but a lot of them. Did he need that monster game in order to pull into the top six? Well, probably because he definitely passed Zeke, who was on a bye, and he probably passed Aaron Jones. He so, was number 10 last week. How did you do that? How did you know that? I post the top 10 on Instagram every week, so we've oh. got it handy right here. Nice. All right. Um, okay, so Dave gets the point. Top, yes. uh, and I got another... Top six answers are on the board. Now I'm looking for our best wide receivers in PPR. Dave. Dave. DeAndre Hopkins. Is number four. Heath, you have a chance to control the category. Devontae Adams. Is number two. Pass or play, Heath? Um, I'll pass. All right, Dave. We're looking at total points, not per game. Top six wide receivers. PPR, we've got Adams number two and Hopkins number four. Okay. The board is yours. He was disappointing last week, but DK Metcalf should be up there. He is number five. 
And Tyreek Hill is pretty good. He is number three. Can you run the, the names past me again, please? The ones you haven't got, gotten or the ones you've gotten? Adams, Adams, Hopkins, Metcalf, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, would you like the two that you haven't gotten yet? I mean, that would help. That would help. <laughs> oh, 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 Stefan Diggs has to be up there. He's number one. Stefan Diggs is number, number one. Number one. Okay, so now who's the last guy? Num- number six. Number six. Uh, I'm not... Um, Five seconds. Allen Robinson. So I'm just going to guess names when you when you say five seconds mm-hmm. that I just think that's it how might it works. Possibly be that's typically um, how the game works. Five uh, seconds. Terry McLaurin. Okay. Uh no, it can't be Calvin Ridley. He's missing. Oh, Julio Jones. It's got to be Julio Jones. It is not Julio Jones. It's not Julio Jones. All right, Heath, looking for a wide receiver six right now in full PPR. Ah, uh, it's one of two guys. I'm gonna Keenan Allen. Oh, how did I He's, not get Keenan Allen? Because you were right, Dave, and you just won. Um, what? It's not Keenan Allen. No, either? it's he's how number. Did I forget about. Oh he's number God. seven. He's four points behind. I don't know what behind. I'm more upset about that. I forgot about Keenan Allen, or that Keenan Allen isn't top, Keenan Allen isn't top six in PPR. He's seventh. He's seventh. Is it Tyler Lockett? Who's, it is Tyler Lockett. That was oh the, my, my other guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tyler Lockett's still number six. All right, Dave gets the points, but fantasy feud is a family feud is a dumb game because it doesn't matter what you do until the final round. We're going to triple the points for the bonus round here. All right. Top six answers are on the board. Exactly how many points do I have, Adam? Um, two. <laughs> okay. This round is worth three points. Top six leaders in passing yards. Heath. Heath. Tom Brady. He is number five. Dave? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's number six. Heath, you oh. have the board. Um, I'll pass. Wait a second. I only have five. It's top five. So Mahomes isn't No, he's, he's number five. Right, Brady's so number four? Brady's number four. Let me just uh, let me just double check on that. But the top well, if five, we're only doing five, then I want to change my answer. I'm going to play. The top five. Okay. Hold on. Let me <laughs> let me just double check. Top five answers are on the board. Passing yards. One, two. Yeah. All right. Top five. Uh, so we have four and five off the board. Brady and Mahomes. You want to play? Why not? Yeah. Play. Well, I had to lose. Okay. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Russell Wilson. Number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan. Number three. Um, so I just need number one now. Yeah, you need the guy who leads the NFL in passing yards. That seems like it would be easy <laughs> enough. You'd think so. Um, five man, Carson Wentz. Who's on a bye this week? Who's on a bye? Buffalo. No, no, no. I don't Giants. know if that should be allowed information. Yeah, the it's Bears not, it's not on one of the wait, bye wait, quarterbacks. I'm just trying to, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Number six. Uh, that was going to be my guess. Um, Say do a taco file. Did I, did I already guess Matt Ryan? Yeah, you yes. have Wilson, Ryan, Brady, and Mahomes. Who Wilson, leads the NFL Ryan, in passing yards, Brady, ladies and gentlemen? and Mahomes. Um, Drew Brees. All right, Dave. 
This is it. This is your opportunity to win the game. Uh huh. Otherwise, I'm going to have to find a way to cheat Heath out of a win, and I don't want to do that. I want you to win outright. No. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll give you three minutes to think about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Ten seconds. NFL leader in passing um, yards. Passing yards. Total passing yards. Yes. How many more seconds do I have? Five. Four. Three. Two. Uh, all right. Josh Allen. Oh! Josh Allen for the win! <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> nice work. It was a bye, quarterback. I was so hesitant to say it, but then I, I started thinking about other quarterbacks, and I there's just no way. And then... Think about how little Buffalo has run the football. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, that was great. But I was I was hesitant the whole time. Like I was hoping that Heath was going to guess Josh Allen. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Heath the funny was like, thing no, is, he's going to be like them. eighth after this week. Uh, maybe, but it is wild that he leads in uh passing yard. I mean, he has played he has played ten games. So is, right. he, good, is he not in it, the MVP candidate discussion? No, he's not. Okay, I don't think so. He might be toward the bottom of it, but what would the Bills be without him? He has 26 total touchdowns, seven interceptions, and leads the NFL in passing yards, but not per game, not per game. How many yards is it? 2,871. Wilson will overtake him. Ryan will overtake him this week. Brady will overtake him, but Brady still hasn't had his bye. Mahomes will overtake him. Mahomes will overtake him. Mm, Probably that's it. So he'll be top five. Okay, good stuff, guys. Let's... um, Let's talk about... Okay, let's do this segment. How are we feeling about these guys? We'll go a little faster than usual. First two, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Woods is the, the uh, non-PPR guy now, and Cup is the PPR guy. Cup has 18 more targets and 11 more catches and uh, about 100 more yards, but Woods has two more touchdowns receiving. He also has two rushing touchdowns. So right now, Woods is just inside the top 24 per game. Cooper Cup is 40th per game in non-PPR, 27th in PPR. How are we feeling about these guys? Borderline number two wide receivers. Um, you said Cup has how many more targets? 18. It's so basically, targets. it's the Dolphins game because he had 21 targets yeah. in that game. He does not. That's the only yeah, right. game in his last six with double digit targets. Um, it's we kind of talked about this with the Josh Reynolds thing. I don't know that we're going to get a good grip on what Sean McVay is going to do over a stretch of four games, but I kind of expect that Woods and Cup are going to be in and out of that wide receiver two range. They're not, we thought they were high end number twos coming into the year. They're now borderline number twos for the rest of the year. I did a little digging on what the Rams have been doing in the red zone. Oh, me too. Incomplete information. Um, Goff is 28th in pass attempts inside the 10. You're stealing my thunder here. I'm sorry. And 26th in passing touchdowns inside the 10. And on my list of things to check on this week is how the Bucks do in the red zone against the pass. And if they're really good there, then I think it makes them all unplayable. But I, I, what, I always read the comments of Sean McVay, like week in and week out, especially this year with the way the running backs are. And he just, he, he really seems to be buying into the idea of being versatile, using everybody on the roster, kind of what the Colts are doing. And, and it makes me nervous to start Woods and Cup as number two guys. I think when Heath says they're low in number two options, that's probably right about where they're at. And you shouldn't, they're, they're not the, Oh, you shouldn't blindly start them every week. You've got to consider other options with those two. 
Mm. Well, you know, I'm in three receiver leagues with PPR. PPR, three receiver, and a flex. It's hard I, to get away from I blindly them. start them every week, but I yeah. don't feel as good about my teams uh, as I did when the season started. And Cup, like only two touchdowns for Cup. I mean, that is wild. Jared Goff, once again, has a pretty low touchdown rate. And I think it is just a matter of what we saw last week. When they get close to the end zone, they hand it off over and over again. And that that was They've a stat all that those running backs really jumped use. out to me. Um, maybe the fact and now that they don't next, have their left tackle. Maybe that yeah, that sucks too. The fact that they their next two games are against teams with pretty solid run defenses, Tampa Bay and San Francisco. Maybe that will help. But um, yeah, all right. So that's that's those two guys. How do you feel about Joe Mixon per game? He is number thirteen in non PPR, number eleven in PPR. Um, is he? Is that basically how you feel about him whenever he comes back? Nothing's changed. Yeah, he's a he's a high end number two, low end number one running back when he's healthy. How do you feel about Austin Eckler compared to Joe Mixon? I think Eckler has a little bit more appeal in PPR for obvious reasons. I am worried that Austin Eckler won't have that twenty touch dominant role upon his return. Okay. But you'd rather have 16 touches for Austin Eckler if six of them are catches than 20 touches for Joe Mixon if two of them are catches. Sure. Well, right. But remember, before Mixon got hurt, he was much more involved in the passing game. He had two games where he was. He had two out of three. He had six catches, six catches, and two catches um, in his last three games. So, what? you know, okay. Who would you rather have in half PPR, Mixon or Eckler? The, the biggest problem is I don't know when Mixon's coming back. Or Eckler. Eckler is expected like back Eckler's next like week. like a couple of weeks away. The Athletics said expected week I think, I think Mixon will be back sooner, so I'll take Mixon. That would mean this if, Assuming they were both back and it's week 14, it's probably dependent on schedule. They're very close in half PPR. Okay, I'll give you their playoff schedules. Mixon has Miami, Dallas, and Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Eckler has... Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Denver in the playoffs. I would rather oh, have wow. Austin Eckler. Yeah, that schedule is much better. I'm but again, gonna... I, I think I think Kalen Balaj, unless he starts to play like Joshua Kelly, is not going to go completely away when Eckler's back. I think that's their duo moving forward. Yeah, but but like if you look at Eckler, his first three games were really good, and in those three games, Josh Kelly had 12 carries, 23 carries, and eight carries. So he's definitely going to split, but it's he's, eight to twelve. We've mentioned right, that number, right. that range for the second running back with the Chargers for a while. But, but we saw four games without Melvin Gordon last year. Austin Eckler averaged twenty touches a game. Three games this year before he got hurt, he had twenty, twenty, and twenty-three touches. Right. So he probably is a twenty touchback. I was going to ask you about some other players, but you covered them. I was going to ask you about Mark Andrews, Ronald Jones, Amari Cooper. So the last guy I wanted to ask about was Justin Jefferson and how we go about figuring out when to start Justin Jefferson. It's oh. just a target issue, basically. Um, it really so, is. So, yeah, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson rest of the season? I, like I, love the, I love the talent. I wish the Vikings would consistently pass more often and take advantage of this awesome receiver that they have on their team. I think he's slightly better on a week-to-week, but the same type of guy on a week-to-week basis as Christian Kirk. Where Would you say the same thing about him versus the Rams receivers? Like, is he a low-end number two receiver that you, you consider with other guys from week-to-week, and maybe you just say, okay, he's got the most upside, 
You just have to hope start, that things break that way. I would start Jefferson over the Rams in non-PPR and the Rams over Jefferson in full PPR, I think. But yeah, they're in the same range. I'd be tempted to start Jefferson over the Rams guys this week. Could could see a decent high-scoring game with the Vikings and the Cowboys. Mm, I don't know. But I do. See... I, I mean, look, I also think that Dalvin Cook's going to have a really he good is. game. Yeah. And so usually when Dalvin Cook does well, the receivers don't. Yeah, that's kind of the are issue. The, are the Cowboys going to put up an... Uh, th- this is me talking out loud, Adam. I'm thinking out loud. Are the this Cowboys is me talking up... out loud. <laughs> <laughs> this is me listening, Dave. Uh, no kidding. Cut me, cut me some slack. It's nine in the morning. Uh, I'm... I'm wondering if the Cowboys can put up points to force the Vikings to have to throw a little bit. And the matchup's going to be great for Jefferson if they do. This is me asking you a question. Who would you rather have, Justin Jefferson or Amari <laughs> Cooper? <laughs> Jefferson or Cooper, rest of season? Format dependent. Okay. Then I'm always going to ask half PPR. I would give the nod to Cooper in a half PPR, but they're... They're exactly tied on the trade chart in non-PPR. Oh. Cooper, one point higher in full PPR. Okay. Okay, good to know. Uh, we're going to finish the show with some emails and Apple Podcast questions here. First, some emails, fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. From Trevor, we need some starters sit here. Dear, some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Ooh, butchered Jamie's spelling, the spelling of Jamie's name. Butchered it. PPR. I in front of the M. J-A-I-M-E. Jamie is J-A-M-E-Y, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Wait, in PPR, give me a tight end and a flex. Hurst, there's no I in Jamie. Hurst, Gurley, Gronk, Goddard. Pick a tight end. Hurst, Gurley, Hurst, Gronk, Goddard. Hurst, Gronk. And then a flex, Gurley or another tight Gurley. end. Did you say full PPR? Yeah. I think I might take Hurst over Gurley. Oh, Gurley could really suck against the Saints. Yeah. But he'll probably score. <laughs> That's what he does. Okay, from... I don't know who this is from. Dave, give me a name in a city. Peter from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Adam, Dave, JB, Heath, and Ben. I love the show. I will even listen if I'm mathematically eliminated this week. Oh, thank you. Standard scoring. I lost last week because I started golf instead of Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Well, who do I start this week? So here's his lineup. Big Ben or golf? Ben. Ben. He's got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Mike Davis on his bench. Kenyon Drake. Would you start Drake over any of them? No. He's got Lockett and Fuller in his lineup. He has David Moore and Nelson Aguilar on his bench. So if Lockett's out, do you go Moore or Aguilar? Could also be DJ Moore. Oh, no. Um, I think he was asking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It could be DJ Moore. Sorry. Okay, more than so DJ, DJ Moore. DJ Moore over Aguilar, and I'd probably go with Aguilar over David Moore. Okay. And uh, start. I would start Kelsey over Jordan Akins. I would too. Okay, good. Are you sure? Yeah, I would. <laughs> this is from Undecided. Where's Undecided from, Dave? I don't know. I can't decide. Rank these three players. That was my joke. Woods. <laughs> this is me stealing your joke. Woods. Oh, I'm sorry. Not rank these three. Pick three. Robert Woods, Chase Edmonds, Kalen Balaj, Savan Ahmed, and David Moore. Flock, it's out. We don't know format. I'm going to go with 
Balage, Woods, and Edmonds. Over Ahmed? Over Ahmed and more. I would want to get Ahmed in there. I'd probably put Ahmed, if it's PPR, I'd probably put Ahmed in over Edmonds, even though Edmonds could be pretty good in PPR. And not PPR, it's easy to put Edmonds last on the list. So yeah, Edmonds out, Ahmed in. In non-PPR, I'll agree with Dave and put Ahmed ahead of Edmonds. From Dylan Dusty Silverman. Where is he from? He's from Springfield. He's Dusty Springfield. Hey, uh, sorry, Dave. Heath's meat, <laughs> Adam's wallet, Dave's crush on Rivers, and got to go by. Should I do this trade? I'm 7-3, and three, and uh, I was trying to trade Thielen, but he countered with this. My DeAndre Swift for his Keenan Allen. I have Cook, Swift, Madison, Eckler, and Dobbins. No. Does Run down Eckler. those running backs for me again, please. Cook, no. Swift, Madison, Eckler, Dobbins. And he has so you'd Cup. have to start Dobbins until Eckler's back. And he's got good receivers. Cup, Thielen, Ridley, Curtis, Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel. I don't know. Chenault. Nope. He needs the receiver. No, he needs the running back. Wait, he nope. says he's giving up Swift to get Keenan out. Yeah, yeah. I love it. What? That's, th- that's picking up great value for DeAndre Swift. He has to Keenan, start J.K. Keenan. Dobbins. Okay, he's also going to get to start Keenan Allen over Ridley or Thielen or... Well, okay, okay. If he can start four wide receivers, then it makes it better. Then he could start Cup, Thielen, Ridley, and Keenan Allen. We just got done talking about how Cup is a low-end number two wide receiver better than that we J.K. might Dobbins. not want to start. He's Keenan Allen Dobbins. is a no-brainer slam dunk start every week. But with the, he, the fact that he has Eckler, does that gives him a little leeway to make this trade, and he's 7-3. and three. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. It is three wide receivers and a flex. So look, it's a little risky, but if Eckler comes back and he's great, then in your playoffs, you're starting Cook or Madison if he gets hurt. You're starting Eckler, and then you're starting those four receivers, Cup, Thielen, Ridley, Allen. But I, but Swift is pretty good, too. Swift had a great game last week. Let's And, and, his, and his playing time has gone up. Everything is going his way, but he's still with the Lions, and there's still always the chance that they revert to something stupid. I think turning him into, would we all agree that, look, he's seventh right now. We just played Fantasy Feud. He's, he's been amazing this year. This, we shouldn't even be discussing this. Swift well, is good. Allen is significantly better. You will score more points rest of the season with Allen in PPR than you will. That's, that's true, but I'm not sure that you will score more points with Allen and Dobbins than you will with Swift and Samuel. Yeah, but you are getting Eckler back and potentially next Probably. week. Probably. And who's on the waiver wire? Can he still pick up one of the guys? Can he still pick up Ahmed to get by this week at least? Can he get Carlos Hyde? Uh, this for has this been a week good discussion. I think uh, Dusty Springfield has a lot to think about here. Good stuff. It's a really interesting way to approach the Eckler situation, I guess. Apple Podcast questions from S. Kelly Rowe. Gall man single handedly earned this five star review. Nice. All right. <laughs> Uh, from Cook is my father. Do I do this trade in my fir- I'm in first place. Give James Connor and Mike Evans. Get Austin Eckler and Adam Thielen. Connor and Evans for Eckler and Thielen. I don't like it. I'd stick with Connor and Evans. Okay. Yeah, I feel super uncomfortable evaluating every single person involved in this trade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connor really has 
Connor had an amazing, uh, he looked, I shouldn't say amazing. He had a great run last week, uh, 16 yard run. It was well blocked and he had good speed, legit good speed. But there were a lot of other runs where his line was laying him down. He was laying himself down. His vision wasn't great. And he's not getting the typical workload that we are kind of accustomed to seeing from James Connor. Last question here from Saquon Eckler. First two picks. Gray the mm. trade. Yeah, I know. James Robinson, Chase Claypool, and Justin Herbert. Ooh. Robinson, Claypool, and Herbert for Miles Sanders and DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be pretty close to even. Don't hate it. I would I would prefer the Sanders Hopkins side. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening today. Much appreciated. Tomorrow, the AFC home games, plus a Jacob Gibbs Jacob Gibb stats segment for you as well. Twitch tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be answering your questions for Dave and Heath and Ben. I am Adam. Have a great Wednesday. Talk to you Thursday.